Welcome to Letitia's Virtual Couch. Today's episode, I would like to get into the issue of marriage. Where has the institution of marriage gone? Are people not wanting to get married anymore because there's a fear that it may not work? Or are we in an era where women's empowerment has made us believe where marriage is not necessary anymore? After these messages, I would like to dig a little deeper into the topic. Please also remember to email me at virtualcouchpodcast1 at gmail.com. Stay tuned right after this. The discussions on this podcast is for informational purposes only. If you find yourself becoming triggered by any topic, please refrain from listening and reach out to your nearest emergency room or dial 911. If you desire to seek therapy in the future, please Google and find your nearest therapist in close proximity to you. Thank you. Welcome back. So let's review some interesting stats that I found on marypedia.org. Studies have shown that men who earn high incomes have a decreased probability of getting a divorce. So that means that men who earned higher incomes, they're more likely to stay married. However, higher incomes make a woman's chances of marriage less likely and has no connection to possible divorces. So basically what that means, the higher the income of the woman, the less likely she is to get married. However, if she's already married, it's not connected to possible divorces, okay? So wow, those are interesting stats, right? In recent years, divorce rates have gone down due to education rates going up. Wow. This is because educated individuals make higher incomes in most cases, which results in less financial stress and strain when couples sit down to get married. That is very interesting. And I've heard that a lot. I have a lot of friends that are married and I've also done couples therapy. And I can say that financial strain is at the top of the line when it comes to uh, complications in a marriage. I will say that. Just think for uh, just a na- natural, normal individual, financial strain can pose a lot of stress. So imagine, say for instance, if your finances, you were good 
with say managing money, but your spouse wasn't, that can pose a lot of problems, right? It definitely can. And financial strain and stress is already stressful anyway, um, because it kind of immobilizes us, right? It paralyzes us, um, especially if we have children, you know, different mouth, you know, various mouths to feed. So yeah, I can definitely see that being stressful and um, having additional strain on a marriage with, you know, marriage is already stressful within itself, right? Lower income couples value and respect marriage just as much as higher income couples. However, lower income couples are less likely, I'm sorry, more likely to get a divorce because of financial strains on a marriage. So like I said before, um, definitely financial strain is stressful within itself. So just on top of that, the marriage and say, for instance, you have other expenses, including mortgage, children, education. I definitely can see that. Having low income is not the only factor that can potentially lead to divorce, but we know that, right? So some of the things are, you know, religious beliefs, according to the stats, morals, um, communication, compatibility. And I definitely will say that because communication, I would say for me, is really high on the list for me. Communication, values, morals, belief systems is very major because I really believe that it's the foundation of a marriage. And my religious belief is not to be unequally yoked with anyone. And not only just in a marriage, in business and friendships as well. But we're talking about marriage here. And so I think if my beliefs and my values and my belief systems are different than my spouse's, it's going to pose a lot of problems because what we believe in, our morals and values, they set the stage on how we act, how we look at the world. Basically, it creates our lens. How do we view the world and how we move? Okay. I believe values and morals and belief systems, like I said, is the glue to a marriage in any relationship for that part. These are some interesting stats, would you say? Stay tuned. I have more. I want to talk about marriage and mental health. This is going to get quite interesting and maybe a little controversial because, yeah, what if you want to be, um, what if you want to remain single? Would you say that you don't have a fighting chance to have Um, a normal or would you say positive mental health outcomes? Let's see. And again, please email me at virtualcouchpodcast1 at gmail.com. I'm going to say that throughout this uh, segment and um, throughout this episode because I definitely want to hear your feedback. This is very interesting. I've learned a lot even just from doing this research and just from talking to um, some of my friends who are married and family members as well. Uh, So yeah, stay tuned right after this. Hey, this is your girl, Letitia, coming to you from the virtual couch. I want to take a little bit of your time today to discuss how to find the right therapist. Now, like with anything, your hairstylist, your gardener, your medical doctor, it may take a few tries before you find the right fit. Finding the right therapist is no different. So stay the course and don't give up. Also, I want to empower you to 
Ask questions. Do not feel like you're being intrusive by asking questions because guess what? This is the person that's going to lead you and guide you towards your healing. And this is a very important partnership. So I will say this even as a therapist myself, if a therapist becomes offended by any questions that you may have, just like with any other individual that I discussed before, like your doctor, your gardener, whoever, someone, you know, working on your home, if they become offended, you're probably not going to hire them, right? Exactly. Your therapist is no different. So don't feel offended. Don't be offended by the degrees and the licenses and Yes, all those hard things we worked for, but we're here for you. And so it is your right to ask every question you need to ask to make sure it is the right fit for you. And again, it may take a few tries. And again, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that therapist is a bad person either. It just means that, you know what, they may not be the right person to guide you on your journey. Um, so I want to leave you with a, free, a few resources. Uh, psychologytoday.com is a resource where you can view various therapists and you can even input your area by your zip code, your city and your state to find the therapist nearest you. You can also go to therapyforblackgirls.com and therapyforblackmen.org. Please seek these resources out. They are awesome. There are some wonderful, very experienced therapists on these sites, some of which are my beautiful colleagues, and I know the hard work that they do, and they are waiting to hear from you. Okay, so I'm not going to take any more of your time because I know you can't rush to, can't wait to get to that computer, right? And search out that therapist. So, I'm not going to say anything further. If you want to tell me about your experience, I would love to hear about it. Please email me at virtualcouchpodcast1 at gmail.com and happy hunting. Take care. Have a seat on the virtual couch. Get it, girl. Let's go. Let me just throw out a disclaimer. I do not believe that everyone should be married. I think to each his own, whatever works for you is what works for you. Now I will say I have a personal problem when there are individuals who want their cake and eat it too. And when I mean, what I mean by that is you want the benefits of being married, however, you don't want to be committed. I think when those things happen, first of all, it's rooted in pure deception. I think a lot of people get hurt and it leaves doors open for things, including diseases, right? So I really believe that if you truly and truly want to be married, then be married. But if you truly want to be single, then be single. However, again, like I said before, I am a communications buff, meaning that I love communication. I think it is very important to have it in every aspect of our life, especially relationships, because you cannot function in a relationship without communication. So I definitely want to say that um, I don't want anyone to feel that by hearing this um, podcast that you should be married. I don't think there's a right or wrong. I, I think it depends on 
what works for you and what you want to do. Okay, so let's get into some stats regarding mental health and marriage. This should be interesting, right? Married people are least likely to have mental disorders and have higher levels of emotional and psychological well-being than those who are single, divorced, or cohabitating. Interesting. Marriage protects against feelings of loneliness. Married mothers enjoy greater psychological well-being and greater love and intimacy than cohabitating, I'm sorry, are single mothers. So we all know what uh, cohabitating means. It means when you're basically shacking up. (laughs) I'm not going to say it any other way, but shacking up, living with someone when you're not married. And uh, I have my own thoughts about that, but I'm going to finish these stats. Marriage also has a wider range of benefits for physical health. Wow. So that means that there's a correlation between marriage and good physical health as well. I've heard that before. Um, There was a stat that I saw maybe a couple of years ago that said marriage had a greater benefit on male's uh, physical health. But I don't see that here, but I remember reading that somewhere else. Now, for anxiety and stress, both adults and children and married families suffer less psychological distress than their counterparts in divorced families. Wow. Married men have lower levels of stress hormones. There we go. I just saw it there. So yes, so it does say it has a um, high correlation for men. Um, So men, you hear this out there, when you're married, you are less stressed. You're not more stressed. So stop with the old ball and chain (laughs) story, okay? When you are married, you are more likely to be stress-free. That's what that means, okay? But it says um, married women as well. I'm going to pick on my men for a minute. But married women as well experience less psychological distress. So basically... Married men is correlated to better physical outcomes and married women, it correlates to better psychological outcomes. That's interesting. Married mothers feel more love and intimacy, less ambivalence, and experience less conflict with their husbands than cohabitating and single women do with their partners. Wow. That's some very interesting stats, I would say. Okay, let's get to depression. Those who are married report less depression than cohabitating couples. Married mothers report less depression, more support from their partners, and more stable relationships than cohabitating mothers. Adolescents living with married parents are less likely to feel depressed than those in step families or single parent families. Wow. Suicide stats. Married people are less likely to commit suicide. Adolescents and divorced families are more likely to commit suicide. Let's pause right there. So married people are less likely to commit suicide. And adolescents and divorced families are more likely so when there is a, I would say a fragmented family, when there's a broken family, 
the adolescents in those families are more apt to commit suicide. So I would say for those out there that have adolescents and you're going through a divorce or, you know, I would say pay attention to your adolescents. Even though they may not be saying anything, please look at the signs and have open dialogue about how they're feeling about it, okay? I know a lot of times adolescents may say that they're okay, but please have an open dialogue. Even if, you know, you feel like you're getting on their nerves, I would say pay close attention to them because that's very interesting. Married people are more likely to report being happy than cohabitators. And those who do not cohabitate prior to marriage report having happier marriages than those who do cohabitate. So basically, I'm going to use my word shacking again. Those who do not shack (laughs) before they get married report happier outcomes. They said that they're happier. So I know I've heard people say that they have to test the cow, right? So according to stats, it's not uh, really a good idea to do that. (laughs) Or test the car, I would say. I've heard, uh, you know, test the milk before buying the cow. I've heard all kind of ancient Uh, phrases and whatever. So according to stats, however, it says you do not have a better outcome when when that happens. Married people, those in intact marriages and those who have divorced and remarried, most frequently report being proud of their work. Married mothers of infants have the most positive attitudes and report forming better home environments than single and cohabitating mothers. So let's talk about cohabitation for a minute. Um, I have my own ideas about it. I think a lot of times we may say that we're okay cohabitating, but deep down inside, we know that there is not a commitment there. So marriage for those out there isn't just a piece of paper for, uh, I say a lot of people because the stats show that. When one feels that they have been committed to, they feel like, that you that you made it in um, an investment, right? Um, and I know, like I said, you know, with the newer generations, more people are feeling like they don't have to be married. But that's why I love to always recite stats because I don't want you to think that it's just my own opinion. But I do research before I do each episode. I really do. Not only um, because I want to educate you, but it also educates me because if you know anything about stats, they're always changing. That's why it's always good when the census come knocking at your door. I think, what, every 10 years? Open the door and take the census because that's where a lot of these stats are coming from. And um, not only that, but research studies as well. But a lot of it come from census. Okay, so um, yeah, I'm going to come back with more information right after this. If you or someone you love is having thoughts of suicide, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at one 800 273 8255. That's 1-800-273-TALK. It is available 24 hours, seven days a week. You are not alone. Y'all enjoy the break? Now find your spot on the virtual couch.
and get ready to hear our girl Letitia drop some more gems on ya. Drop some more gems on them, Letitia. Letitia? Drop some more gems on them. Now, let's get into some stats as it relates to gender, ethnicity, and marital status as it relates to drug and alcohol use. Married individuals are more likely to cease using marijuana due in part to improvements in self-control. Now, I know people may say, well, marijuana is legal, which it is in some states, not all. And uh, I wouldn't say people smoke marijuana just because they have self-control issues. So I wouldn't say that. But according to the stats, it states that uh, married individuals are more likely to stop using marijuana because they have better self-control. Now, I would definitely say in my practice, individuals that I usually come in contact with smoke marijuana because it decreases their stress. I will say that. Um, It doesn't say anything about stress. It says about self-control. So I'll leave that into your own imagination. I don't know. Continuously, married adults less frequently report that they sometimes drink too much. Married women have fewer alcohol problems. So basically what this is stating is married couples have less substance abuse issues when it relates to marijuana and alcohol usage. Now, um, it says for African-Americans who are married, they have lower rates of drinking and drug use. Now, it doesn't specify what the drugs actually are, but it did say drinking. I thought that was interesting. Um, Adolescents from intact married families are less likely to use cocaine than those from divorced families. And again, we uh, talked about before, why I talked about before, in divorced families, you know, adolescents have a very difficult time. This is a time when they are learning who they actually are. They are learning that identity, their um, identity. And I think when one um, is involved in a divorced family, it shifts that identity even more so because guess what? It does change your identity. It changes the whole makeup and the framework of the family unit at that point. So for an individual who is already going through, I wouldn't say identity crisis, but they're forming their identity. They're coming to know who they are. I think a divorce um, only complicates that developmental stage. So teenagers from intact families are less likely to begin smoking than those who never married or divorced single parents. So they're, you know, again, and again, teenagers are, this is the period where teenagers are um, experimenting. And I'm not saying that all teenagers do, but this is the typical age where an individual is experimenting with substance abuse um, and also alcohol and cigarettes and things of that sort. And I would say, um, logically that if divorce is going on, you know, the breakdown of the family, that they're more apt to do those things and single parents say, for instance, never been married because, you know, in two parent households, there are, um, another set of eyes. And a lot of times you have single parents where they're working and they're not able to supervise a child like um, in two parent households. So I can see that as well. 
So let's touch up on um, habitation a little bit more. And uh, I've, you know, asked qu- been asking questions and I've had people even ask me like, why do people opt to cohabitate more now? Because that show that people are not getting married anymore. And so for me, from what I've seen and in my practice, I think it's fear. I think it's fear. And a lot of times that fear can come from various things. It can come from a a skewed idea of being married and that can come from someone's family background or it can come from being married before and being hurt and just being fearful of what can happen again. But I will say, you know, going into a marriage with the mindset that it's gonna fail is very counterproductive and I think it sets a negative tone. Now that is not to say that we shouldn't be prepared and getting married. And I'm gonna say that for another episode, you know, about prenups and uh, are there necessary protection or are they actually evidence of fear and distrust? You know, that would be a good, uh, you know, topic. And I definitely would love to explore that more in another episode. But, you know, family backgrounds, um, I think it has a lot to do with how one look at marriage and what messages did you learn as a child? What did your family teach you about marriage? Did you grow up seeing a lot of divorces? Did you grow up where you saw marriage actually worked? And that's not always foolproof either because I know people who were reared in homes where marriage was um, everything, you know, the, their parents were together for years and literally to death do, you know, them parted, part. And they are not marriage material. I, yeah, <laughs> I know people that are like that. Um, like I said before, hurt, soul wounds, you know, if you've ever been hurt before, it definitely changes your perception and how you look at life. And so a lot of times I say, don't give up on marriage, but maybe you need to go back and deal with some soul wounds that you developed in other relationships that you probably shouldn't have been in in the first place. Um, Sometimes you need to, and I'm not going to say sometimes, all the times. If you have soul wounds, you definitely need to have those healed and work those out in therapy before you go into another relationship bringing those soul wounds with you. Because all you're going to do is continue to hurt yourself and damage someone else. As you know, the cliche, hurt people hurt people. And that is absolutely true. Um, Another thing that people are afraid to talk about, but I'm going to say it right now, sometimes it's just pure selfishness. Some people are not willing to share. You know, sometimes when we think of marriage, we think of of compromise and I have to give up this asset. Um, What if it doesn't work and I have to give up, but, you know, give up this. But if you're going into that, sometimes it shows that you may be a selfish person and you're going into marriage the wrong way anyway, because in marriage, you're not going in to fill a void. You're basically going and not even going in to fill a void. You're going in to give. And if both parties are giving, then no one is going to be left with the void. So if you're going in trying to get something, nine times out of 10, you're going to be disappointed because you're going in for the wrong reason anyway. You should be going in solely to give of yourself. And that's 100% because I'm not going to say 50-50. You need to go in 100%. 
Now, I will say this again, a disclaimer, you know, this is not to say that marriage doesn't pose its challenges. Marriage poses its challenges. As we all know, marriage is hard. I'm not married, but I can definitely say that I'm blessed to have a lot of married friends and I get the real. I get the the good, the bad, and the ugly of it all. And I'm so blessed to have one-on-one conversations with my friends, um, you know, about their challenges. Now, they don't tell me everything, but for the most part, I know that it's difficult. And I will, you know, I'll take that back. A lot of my friends, I do know the, the, the valleys as well as the mountains. I really do. And it allows me to really see that one has to really be a mature individual to go through marriage. It's not for the faint at heart at all. It's not the fairy tale Cinderella story. It isn't. But also marriage has its mountains. It has its very blissful moments. So it's not to say that you should go in being scared as well. Just like with anything, everything has its challenges, right? Right. So marriage is hard work and it will test every fiber of your being. It will test your character, your more your morals, your values, and your ability to compromise, forgive and sacrifice and love unconditionally. Now let me say that again, love unconditionally. And I know we throw that around um, so carelessly sometimes. But to love unconditionally is to love without conditions, without getting something in return. And that's hard. It really is. It really is. And it's something that marriage actually helps you with. You don't have to be 100% ready for marriage. I think in the marriage, it builds you. Um, You have two imperfect people coming together, forming a union, and loving, forgiving each other and doing it over and over again daily, each, you know, each day. It will definitely show what you're made of. And um, this just tells me also, because I have to be a realist, that everyone isn't equipped to be married and that's okay. Don't think because you are not marriage material, quote unquote, that you're a bad person. At least you know before you get into it, you know what? Maybe marriage is not for me and that is fine. Some can say that singleness is not for them and that is fine as well. So the whole gist of this podcast was to just go and, um, and have a you know discussion about marriage, showing you what the stats says about it. And, uh, but it's not to say that you know, you're less of a person because you're not um, able to be married or you're not equipped. It's just giving you some ideas of what marriage really is and um, just to start a dialogue. Uh, I would hope that all of my podcast episodes would start dialogues, would have you look at yourself in the mirror and be able to put one foot forward and to be better day after day. None of us are perfect. Every one of us can get up tomorrow and be better than when we are today. So with that said, I would like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you have any more questions, again, please email me at virtualcouchpodcast1 at gmail.com and take care and God bless. Remember also to share this podcast with your friends, family, and other loved ones. Thank you and God bless. Wasn't that show fire? 
I hope you enjoyed your time on the virtual couch with our girl Tisha on Letitia's virtual couch. You did that, Letitia. Virtual Couch.